0: Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that the Apostle Paul instructed Christians to always rejoice in Christ? In fact, he emphasized this point more than once to his readers. God's people have just returned from the recent fall Holy Day season rejoicing. Conversations between brethren at the weekly worship services buzzed with enthusiasm and excitement. The spirit of rejoicing is now evident throughout the churches of God. However, once they return to their normal routines, along with associated problems and struggles, it can become challenging to maintain a spirit of rejoicing. This digging deeper explores Paul's instruction on how to maintain a joyful spirit throughout the coming year. Here is our focus verse. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Philippians 4:4 4, 4, KJV throughout. Notice that Paul reinforced his admonition with a double imperative. The verb tense in the Greek for rejoice represents a continuing habitual action. Spurgeon's Expositions on the Bible, Volume 3, explains the sense of it in English this way. Quote, the very word rejoice seems to imply a reduplication. It is joy and rejoy, joy over again. But here, you see, it is a fourfold rejoicing. Joy and rejoy, and again I say Joy and rejoice, and this is to be the Christian's continual experience. For the apostle says, Rejoice in the Lord always, end of quote. Subheading, Encouragement Sent from Prison. When Paul wrote this instruction to the Philippian congregation, he was sitting under house arrest in Rome, awaiting a hearing with the emperor. As was customary in such a circumstance, He may have been chained to a Roman soldier on each arm or leg to prevent his escape. Nonetheless, he lived in his own hired house and even was permitted to invite guests to visit him. His circumstance is detailed at the end of Acts 28. Paul discovered how to be content in whatever circumstance he found himself, Philippians 4.11, and wrote to the Philippians from afar to help them discover contentment as well. Why Paul emphasized this spiritual rejoicing to the Philippian congregation is explained by the expository notes of Dr. Constable. Quote, There were many reasons why the Philippian saints could have felt discouraged. Paul's imprisonment and the possibility of his death, Epaphroditus' illness, and the antagonism of unbelievers were a few. The attacks from legalists on the one hand and libert- libertines on the other Plus, friction among certain members of the church contributed to this spirit. Counteract this attitude, Paul prescribed rejoicing in the Lord. He repeated this charge in this verse for even greater emphasis. End of quote. The great text of the Bible by James Hastings comments that, quote, It has been well said that this whole epistle may be summed up in two short sentences. I rejoice, rejoice ye. The word and the thing crop up in every chapter like some hidden brook, ever and anon sparkling out into the sunshine from beneath the shadows. This continual refrain of gladness is all the more remarkable if we remember the apostle's circumstances. The letter shows him to us as a prisoner, dependent on Christian charity for a living having no man like-minded to cheer his solitude, uncertain as to how it shall be with him, and obliged to contemplate the possibility of being offered or poured out as a libation on the sacrifice and service of his faith. Yet, out of all of the darkness, his clear notes ring jubilant, and this sunny epistle comes from the pen of a prisoner who did not know but that tomorrow he might be a martyr. End of quote. The Philippian church in Macedonia, Greece today, was Paul's first European congregation. They were a loyal and supportive church. However, they too were experiencing persecution for their newfound faith. Not only that, but they were experiencing deprivation, as explained by the Defenders Study Bible. Quote, In spite of their deep poverty, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 and 2, as well as their great trial of affliction, the Philippian church exhibited an abundance of joy. In Paul's short letter, he used the words joy, rejoice, rejoicing, at least 17 times, end of quote. Joy is a characteristic Pauline theme in this epistle. Subheading, Joy in the Lord. Notice that Paul did not write, rejoice always. Rather, he wrote, rejoice in the Lord always. Emphasis mine. This is something very different from general day-to-day rejoicing. What he meant is suggested by Adam Barnes' notes on the Bible. Quote, it is the privilege of Christians to do this, not at certain periods and at distant intervals, but at all times they may rejoice that there is a God and Savior. They may rejoice in the character, law, and government of God, in his promises and in communion with him. The Christian, therefore, may be and should be always a happy man or person if everything else changes, yet the Lord does not change. If the sources of all other joy are dried up, yet this is not, and there is not a moment of a Christian's life in which he may not find joy in the character, law, and promises of God." End of quote. Additionally, this joy is to be centered on Christ, as the Bridgeway Bible Dictionary explains, quote, joy in a special sense becomes the possession of believers when by faith they come into union with Jesus Christ. John 15, verses 4 and 11. This joy is more than simply a feeling of happiness when all is going well. That sort of joy will only be temporary. Ecclesiastes 2 1 to 11. The joy that Christ gives is something that no circumstances can take away. John 16, verses 22 and 33, chapter 17, 13, and Romans 15, 13. It is a quality of peace and strength that enables believers to rejoice even amid trouble and sorrow. Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18, Matthew five ten to 12. 2 Corinthians 6.10, Colossians 1.24, and James 1.2, end of quote. Adam Clark's commentary in the Bible notes that this kind of rejoicing is spiritually based, quote, Be continually happy, but this happiness you can find only in the Lord. Genuine happiness is spiritual, as it can only come from God, so it infallibly tends to him. The Apostle repeats the exhortation to show not only his earnestness, but also that it was God's will that it should be so, and that it was their duty as well as interest. End of quote. Subheading, Rejoicing in Tough Times. Difficult times can discourage God's people. Christians are not immune to suffering, disappointment, and grief. What motivates them to retain their rejoiceful outlook is explained by the expository notes of Dr. Constable. Quote, Paul was not urging us to be unrealistic. He was not saying we should never feel sad. Even Jesus wept, John 11:35. 35. However, he was advocating focusing on the blessings we have in Christ and being grateful for these regardless of how sad we may feel at any particular time. He had set a good example. By singing when he was in prison in Philippi, Acts sixteen, twenty five, end of quote. John Gale's exposition of the Bible elaborates on why rejoicing may continue even through tough times. Quote, There is always cause and matter for rejoicing in Christ, even in times of affliction, distress, and persecution, since he is always the same. His grace is always sufficient. His blood has a continual virtue in it, and always speaks for peace and pardon. His righteousness is an everlasting one, and so is his salvation, and such is his love. End of quote. In no way was Paul scolding or correcting them. In fact, this is what he thought of them. Even as it is meat that is suitable or fit for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my bonds, that is, chains, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you in all the bowels, that is, tender mercies of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1, verses 7 to 8. Subsequently, he encouraged them to, quote, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Philippians 2.2 2. One reason Paul admonished them resulted from a dispute between two of the congregation's ladies, Euodius and Syntyche. Philippians 4.2-3 In conclusion, Christians will face problems and challenges between now and next year's festivals. How they should respond to them is summarized by the New King James Study Bible. Quote, In the midst of difficulties, in the midst of all situations, Christians are to rejoice. The joy of Christians is not based on agreeable circumstances. Instead, it is based on their relationship to God. Christians will face trouble in this world, but they should rejoice in the trials they face because they know God is using these situations to improve their character. James 1, 2-4, end of quote. God preserved Paul's letter as general instruction to the Church of God for all time. Understanding this, Paul's text is God's admonition to Christians today. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Philippians 4.4 4. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to livingeducation at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by The Living Church of God.